This morning's scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 39. It'll be from the ESV version. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his own cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Well, good morning. Certainly good to be here with everybody. Uh, just love hearing the singing, love being with everyone. You know, I was thinking this week, um, nothing can stop the church. And nothing can stop God's promises, God's plans. And that's, uh, that's something I think we can, we can just count on. Uh, and, and although we may have stopped worshiping for, in, in person for a little while, we never stopped serving him, we never stopped worshiping him. And uh, I think that's just a testament to, to our faith. And uh, I'm just uh, so glad that we could be together. And those of you joining us online, uh, we are thankful that you're, you're with us as well. Last week, Randy gave an amazing sermon on uh, the, a question. He was saying, what now? What now that the pandemic has is, is been going on for so long and, and it's here kind of to stay? What now? Where do we go as, as Christians? What now that things are, are a bit different, that things look actually a lot different? And Randy challenged us to build our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ and, and to follow him. And I want to continue that thought this morning, particularly the, the following him aspect, following Christ. And so my question for you today is up on the screen, are you all in for Christ? I think right now, more than ever, God needs his people to step up. God needs us to step up and be all in for him, fully committed. So are you committed to following Jesus Christ? Are you all in on him? Paul says in 2 Corinthians thirteen five, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? So this morning, I simply want us to do what Paul says here, to test ourselves. I want every one of us to take a look deep inside, search inside of ourselves to see, are we truly committed to Jesus Christ? Is our faith where it needs to be? Are we willing to let go of anything in this life to follow Jesus Christ? Because folks, I think if, if we're honest with ourselves, and, and me included, we are all in on so many aspects in our lives. It's football season. Yesterday was a, a big day of college football. I watched a bunch of it. And let me tell you, I'm all in when, I, when Alabama's playing. All right, I'm cheering. And, and I'm, there's a few things I would do to miss a game. I'm all in. And I know several of you are all in on football. But are you all in with Jesus Christ? Are you as committed to Christ as you are to that football game? 
Maybe some of you aren't sports people. That's okay. What about your job? Are you fully committed to, to your job? You're willing to do whatever to, to stay ahead in your work, to get ahead and, and to make sure that you've got everything done. Are you fully committed to your job? That, that, that's a good thing. But what about Jesus? Are you fully committed to him this morning? Family, certainly a noble thing to be all in on your family. We all need to be committed to our families, to loving our families with all we've got. But again, I ask, what about Jesus? What about your commitment to Christ? Are you committed to him over any of those things or any other thing in this life? Because here's the fact, folks. God, God wants you. God doesn't just want 50% of you or 75% of you or actually even 99% of you. He wants 100% of you, every bit of you. He wants it all. And he's ask, I'm asking you this morning, are you all in? Are you 100% in with Jesus Christ, with this life with him? Are you all in? Jesus says, in the passage that was just read to us, says something that may shake us a little bit, may, may make us think, is, is that really what Jesus said there? Um, but let's talk about that verse here. He says, Matthew uh, 10, 34 to 36 says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. And again, this may seem like almost contradictory. You know, isn't Jesus the Prince of Peace? Doesn't he call us to be peacemakers in the Sermon on the Mount? You know, this this just kind of seems like, why would Jesus say something like this? Well, Jesus is simply saying that the tension of his, there will be tension because of his message. Some believe in him, and some choose not to believe in him. And ultimately, there are tension between those groups, division between those groups. Walter Kaiser put it this way in his hard sayings of the Bible. He says, when Jesus said that he had come to bring not peace but a sword, he meant this would be the effect of his coming, not that it was the purpose of his coming. Folks, Jesus is still the Prince of Peace. We're still called to be peacemakers. But ultimately, the message of Jesus does bring about division. Some choose to believe, some do not. And there's division there. And ultimately, this plays out in the home. Some family members believe, some do not. And there's tension. There's division because of the belief in Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus is saying here. And that we, we see it maybe in, uh, if some of you have seen The Case for Christ. It's a movie uh, about a, a book called, with the same title, The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. And in that movie... Uh, Lee Strobel's wife, Leslie, she comes to faith w- with a set of circumstances. She comes to faith, and, and he just thinks it's all, it's, it's nothing. It's just garbage. And he's, get, he's mad at his wife for believing a, in a lie, so to speak. And, and throughout the movie, you see it. This tension between them playing out. They fight, and they argue over it over and over again throughout the movie. Because she believes, and he just thinks it's, it's not worth it. But ultimately, he does come to believe in, in Jesus. And, but it's a long process throughout the movie, a great movie. But there is tension. There is division between, because of Jesus' message. And it played out in his day. You saw it with the Pharisees and the, and the religious leaders who just could not believe in Jesus Christ. And those who did believe in him. And that's what Jesus is saying here. But let's keep going. Matthew 10, 37 to 39 says, He who loves father or mother more than me, 
is not worthy of me. And he who does not love son, or he, he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his, has found his life will lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Folks, the simple point is, Jesus wants your love and devotion over everything else in this life. He wants it over your family. He wants it over your job. He wants it over your schooling. He wants it over anything else, including your family. And folks, it's a noble thing, again, to love your family. We should be all in on our families. But folks, we should not love anything or anyone more than we love Jesus Christ. We should be willing to lay everything else down to follow Him fully. And he says it there. If you love father or mother or, or, or any family member more than me, you're not worthy of me. You're not worthy to follow me. So I'm asking you again, look inside. Are you all in? Is there something that you are loving more than Jesus? Is there something that you can't seem to lay down to follow Jesus fully? And then he says, take up uh, the, the, the famous verse that we all know, and he says it throughout the, the uh, Gospels. He who does not take his cross and follow me after me is not worthy of me. You know, some people think, well, you know, I've got this back pain or I've got a a family member I've got to deal with. That's my cross I've got to bear in this life. That's not really what Jesus is saying here. It's deeper than any physical pain or, or ailment that we may have. Jesus is calling us to die to ourselves. Folks, the, when Jesus spoke of the cross in his day, it meant one thing. It meant death. It meant a gruesome, terrible, shameful death. And he's using that same imagery here, that we must die to ourselves and follow Jesus Christ. All of our passions, all of our desires, all that we are must be given over to Jesus Christ, to following Him. And folks, the only way to truly have life, the only way to truly find your life is to lose it for the sake of Jesus Christ is to lose it in service of Jesus Christ. So I'm asking you this morning, are you all in for Jesus Christ? Is your love and devotion to Him over everything else in this life? Is that where your devotion lies? Is that where your commitment lies today? Very quickly, I want to look at two examples in the Bible. One, someone who just could not seem to let go of things of this world to follow Christ, and one who did everything he could to follow Jesus Christ. And the first one, you know very well, it's the rich young ruler. It's the rich young ruler. When you compile the synoptic gospels together, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we get that he's rich. He's got a lot of possessions, a lot of property. He's a young man, and he's a ruler of something. The Bible doesn't clarify what type of ruler he is, but some uh, speculate that he's a leader of the synagogue, perhaps. But whatever, he, whatever leader he is, he has some type of dominion or leadership over something. He's a ruler over something or somebody. He's rich, he's young, he's a ruler, and we kind of beat him down a little bit. We're a little bit too hard on the rich young ruler, I think, because he comes to Jesus, I think, genuinely. I think he comes to Jesus wanting something else. Because if he, wasn't, if he was coming to Jesus, I mean, he had to have wanted something else. He was missing something. And he comes to Jesus, and this is Mark ten seventeen. He asks him the the question that we all know. Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He's asking seemingly a good question. And he comes to Jesus running to him, 
and kneeling before him. And, and I think he's really wanting something from Jesus. He, he, he needs something. He needs help, obviously. We'll see here in a minute. And I think sometimes we're a little bit, bit too hard on him because of the outcome of what happens. But he asks, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And we know that there's nothing good that we can do. There's no good deed that we can do, nothing that we can do in and of ourselves that will get us to heaven. But Jesus goes along with them, remember? And he tells them, well, you know, you need to keep the commandments. Things such as do not commit adultery, do not murder, and, and so on and so forth. And the rich young ruler replies, well, I've, I've done these things since I was a kid. He's been faithful to the commandments. He's done the things that he's supposed to do, right? He's marked them off his list. But then Jesus, he hits at, he hits at the heart of the issue. Mark 10, 21 to 22 says, Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But at these words, he was saddened, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. You see, the rich young ruler was not willing to let go of his possessions, of his property, in order to follow Jesus. The master, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, is calling him to follow him. What an opportunity. What an amazing opportunity he had. But he left saddened because he couldn't give up the things of this world. He couldn't get up, give up his possessions. And he walked away. And we, we, we sometimes try to downplay it. We say, well, you know, Jesus would never actually ask me to, you know, sell my possessions and give it to the poor and follow him. But if that's what it takes, then you need to do it. I know we, we, we try to downplay it and say, well, we, we really don't have to sell everything and give it to the poor. Yeah, he, he's not saying literally you have to do that. But if it is what it takes, then you need to do it. If you need to give up everything to follow him, then you need to do it. Because it's more important than anything else in this life. But the rich young ruler, he just couldn't. He couldn't let go of his possessions to follow Jesus Christ. And I love it when, when it says Jesus looked at him and loved him. He loved him. He wanted him so bad. And he wants you and I so bad. And again, I think we're a little hard on him. Because we, we do the same thing. Obviously, again, Jesus is not literally asking us to, to give up everything, all of our possessions, sell them and give them to the poor and follow him. But he does ask, again, for our all, our commitment to him. And there are things that we hold on to that we say, we just can't, I can't give this up. I can't give this relationship up with this person. I can't give up my, my job. I can't give up you know, my, my status, my, my popularity, whatever it may be, I can't give that up to, you know, to follow Jesus. Or, you know, I, I'll follow Jesus, but I'll hold on to that still. You know, I'll make that really my priority, and, and I'll come to church, and I'll come to Bible class, but, you know, um, I'm still going to be more devoted to this thing over here. Folks, it's, it's the same thing. Many of us, Jesus is asking us, give up what you're holding on to and follow me. And we walk away. We have to be all in. And this rich young ruler was simply not willing to do it. So I ask you, are you the rich young ruler? Are you holding on to something this morning that you just are more committed to than Jesus? Is there something that you love more than him? And if it is, got to let it go. We've got to let Jesus reign supreme. 
And all the other things can fall into place after that. Again, it's noble to love your family. It's good to be, to be all in in your job and all those things. But Christ must be, must be first. So I ask you, are you the rich young ruler this morning? Another example I want to look at is, is someone that we know very, very well. It's the Apostle Paul. And we know, that, that we know his background, that the Apostle Paul, before he came to Christ, he was a, the, the biggest enemy of the church. He persecuted Christians. He, was, he had orders to drag Christians to Jerusalem bound. Right? He was persecuting the church. And it even says in, in the book of Acts that he was ravaging the church and breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Paul, Paul thought that this Jesus, this Jesus thing was a scam. You know, th- th- this was not really the Christ. This was not the Messiah. And so what did he do? He started persecuting the church. But we know that when Jesus Christ met him on the road to Damascus, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And get up and go into the city. After that point, after those three days, and he got up and he was baptized, from that point forward, Paul was fully, fully committed to Jesus Christ. And the very next thing we read in Acts, really, is that he's preaching. After he spent some time with the disciples, he begins preaching. A guy who was just persecuting the church, just hating Christians, he's then preaching that same very person he is persecuting. He's preaching him, you know, days later. Jesus changed his life, and Paul, from then on, Saul was changed to Paul, and he was in, all in, for Jesus Christ from then on. It's an amazing turnaround. It's a turnaround we can all make if we're in that same situation, doing things that we shouldn't be doing. We can turn and we can be like Paul, be all in for him. Philippians 1.21 says this, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul, he, he talks about it after this, Paul wanted to go and be with Jesus Christ. He knew it was better. It was better to be there with Jesus. But if he was to go on living, which he was convinced he was, for their benefit, for the Philippians' benefit, he knew that his life was going to be all about Jesus Christ. Everything about him, every fiber of his being, was going to be about Jesus Christ. From then on, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He, he talks about before this, you know, his imprisonment, how it's actually worked out for, for the benefit of the gospel. And he says that regardless of what happens, he just wants Christ to be proclaimed. Regardless of what happens, he's just happy that the gospel is being preached. And he wants, whether by life or death, Christ to be glorified in his body. Whatever happened to Paul, whether it was life or whether it was death, he was going to give it over to Jesus Christ. He He was willing to die for him. He was willing to give his entire life to following Jesus Christ. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Is that the same thing for us? Are we willing to to die for Jesus Christ? Are we willing to lay down our lives for Him? A couple chapters over. uh, These aren't going to be on the screen. screen. It's a a lengthy reading we're going to read here. Philippians chapter 3. Verses 7 to 14 in particular. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. I love this passage. We're going to read it all here in just a second. But I think, again, this just details Paul's commitment to Jesus Christ. Paul's willingness to do whatever it took to know Jesus intimately. 
And he starts off the chapter, he, he starts off Philippians chapter 3, warning them of false teachers. Warning them of those who may boast in the flesh, of those who will, will add something to salvation, add something to Jesus Christ. You know, there were several people that Paul had to deal with in his life that were adding things to, to salvation in Jesus Christ. They were saying, yeah, you can be saved by Jesus, but you also have to follow the law. You also have to be circumcised. You also have to do this and that. And Paul is fighting them and saying, don't listen to those people. All you need is Jesus. That's what you need to be saved. It's all about him. And so he, 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 asks, he, he says, beware of these people. Beware of these people who will try to add something besides Jesus Christ onto our salvation. But then he goes and says, if anybody has a way to get to heaven aside from Jesus Christ, if anybody has reason to boast in himself, it's me. Now, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. He goes through his, his accolades as, as, a, as a Jew. That he, man, he was a Pharisee. He was zealous for, for persecuting. He persecuted the church, he says. He was so zealous for God. So Paul's saying, well, if anybody has reason to boast, it's me. It's me that has reason to boast in, in, in myself. But look what he says, starting in verse 7. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, a righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know Him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect, but I press on, so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as, has, as have laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on, toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Again, Paul's saying, these things, if anybody has a reason to boast, it's me. But all of those things that were once an advantage to me, all of those things that I could boast in, I count them as garbage compared to knowing Jesus Christ. I count them as absolutely nothing as compared to knowing Jesus Christ. And he says, in that, that, that text, we just see that Paul is willing to do whatever, whatever it took to know Jesus Christ intimately. To know Him and to attain the resurrection of the dead. He was willing to do whatever it took to get to that point to be resurrected and be with God forever. Folks, are you the Apostle Paul? Are you willing to lay down everything in this life and count it as rubbish as compared to knowing Jesus Christ? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to know Him? And folks, he says it there. I, I, haven't, I haven't obtained it yet. But I forget what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Folks, in your past, you may have not been committed to Christ. You may have not given your all to Him. You may have some things in your past. Forget them. 
Look forward to what lies ahead, to the new day. His mercies are new every morning. Pursue Him starting today. Make Him your all right now. Paul was willing to lay down whatever for the sake of Jesus Christ and count it as rubbish. He forgot what was behind. He looked forward to what was ahead to know Jesus Christ. And folks, we could go on and on and on about the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 details the things that Paul went through for Jesus Christ. Shipwrecks and beatings and, and sleepless nights, hunger and thirst. Over and over, he goes through these things that he's been through for Jesus Christ. And he's, he's pleased with it. He's fine to suffer for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because he knows that it's building in him an endurance. And he knows that God is being glorified through his body. Paul was willing to do whatever it took to follow Jesus Christ. So are you the Apostle Paul? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to know him? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to attain the resurrection one day when God comes back? I hope we're all going to be there. I want to see every one of us in there, in heaven with him. Folks, we have to be all in. The Apostle Paul was all in. Everything he had was given over to Jesus Christ. So are you the rich young ruler who couldn't let go of something? Or are you Paul who let go of everything in order to follow Jesus Christ to the point where he was willing to die for him? Who are you this morning? Again, I ask you to search yourself to see who am I? Am I willing to let go of everything to follow Jesus Christ? The last thing I really want to point out here is this question. Why? Why should we be all in for Jesus Christ? What, what's the point to be all in for him? Why, why should we do this? Why should we be all in, fully committed to him? And it's simple. He was all in for you. God gave his very best for you. He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to purchase you, to buy you for your forgiveness. And folks, not only that, He continues to bless us every single day. Again, His mercies are new every day. But not only that, the spiritual blessings, the physical blessings. Folks, God loves you so much. God loves you so much that He's willing to give His one and only unique Son for you. He loves you that much. And that love should move us to love Him back. To love Him more than anything else in this life. He gave His best. And He continues to give His best. Even while we were enemies, Christ died for us. And even, even if you wander away, God still loves you. He still wants every bit of you. And He proved it by sending His Son. But not only that, Folks, it just keeps getting better. If we stick with this, and if we are all in for Jesus Christ, we've got a reward waiting for us in heaven. We've got an eternity with Him. It will never end. And folks, He promises that to those who love Him. An eternity with Him. He's preparing it right now for you and I. But folks, what, Jesus, what we looked at a few minutes ago, what Jesus said, if we love family more than Him, 
we love our, our, our father or mother or brothers and sisters more than him, we're not worthy. And if we can't take up our cross and follow him, we're not worthy. We have to be all in. We've got to be committed to him. And then we can have that eternal promise with him. The eternal home in heaven with him. Folks, it's a beautiful thing. Why should we be all in? Because God's all in on us. He gave us his son and he loves us so much. And just that fact should move us to be all in for him. So again, I ask you, are you all in for Jesus Christ? Are you all in for him this morning? Are you fully committed to him? Growing up, I played basketball. Uh, From the time I was just a little kid to the time I graduated high school, I I, I played organized basketball. I wouldn't say my career really worked out. uh, When you can't jump, shoot, or play defense, you're bound to not uh, be very good. But I still love to play. I played, again, growing up my entire life. And the, the best year of basketball I ever had, individually and with a team, was my ninth grade year of high school. I was moving up, obviously, to, uh, to, to better competition. It was the JV basketball team. And, and I was super excited to play because this co- the coach was a, a, a newly hired coach. He had been in for two years, I think. And the two seasons he had had were, were very good. My brother had played for him. My older brother had played for him. And I was, you know, I was just uh, super excited to play. And I knew what the coach expected. He, he was a great coach. And before we even started playing games, it may have even been before we started practicing, I can't remember, he called a team meeting. He said, I want you guys to meet me here after school. We're going to talk. And in that meeting, he basically laid out the groundwork. He said, this is basically how the team's going to be run. This is how I'm going to coach, and this is how we're going to play. So let's get on board. And he even talked about things such as behavior in the classroom and grades and you know, things of that nature, and what he expected of us off the court in order for us to play. But one thing he kept harping on was that each and every one of us had to buy into the program and be all in, regardless of our playing time, regardless of, of how many points we scored, regardless if we were winning or losing, we all had to buy in and be all in on the season. In order for us to be successful, every single one of us had to buy in, had to be all in. Folks, he, he harped on that throughout the, the season. No matter how you play, if you think you're having a bad night, give your maximum effort, and that's what he expected. And for those reasons, I think we had, for that reason, I think that's why we had a successful season. It's because we did. We committed ourselves to that team, to giving maximum effort, regardless of what happened. Folks, the groundwork has been laid here. We've met, we've talked about it, but now it's time to put it into practice. We could have left that meeting and said, oh, okay, that was a good meeting, sounds good, and we'll just go and play however we want. Folks, our Christian lives are not lived out here in this building. This is basically a time for us to recharge and to go out and live our faith. We've laid out the groundwork, we've talked about commitment to Jesus Christ, and now it's time to go live it. It means absolutely nothing if we come here a message and we don't do it outside of the building. And as we said, God needs us right now more than ever. Our nation's in trouble. Our nation is lost. Our world is lost. It's time to put it into practice. It's time to go out into the world and be fully committed to Jesus Christ, willing to give up anything for Him, whatever it takes, right now. When you walk out of this building, it's time to lay it all down 
at the feet of Christ and follow him passionately. So I ask you one more time this morning, are you all in? If you're not, I challenge you, when you walk out of these doors, to be all in for Jesus Christ. Commit yourself to him. This morning, if you've wandered away, if you're a Christian and you've wandered away from Jesus Christ and you're not all in, and you want to recommit your life to him and be fully committed from this day forward, we ask you to come forward. If you haven't ever been baptized for the remission of your sins, we would love to do that for you. If we can help you in any way, come forward right now as we stand and as we sing. Thou art the power.